0: Welcome to the Disney Animated Cannonball, the podcast where I, Talon Lee, he, him,
1: and I, Fox Lee,
0: she, her, watch all of the Disney Animated Canon movies, a list that is determined by a corporation that is slowly digesting all culture and extruding it as a single solid tube.
1: Oh boy, this will be fun!
0: This time we watched 2012's Wreck-It Ralph. Uh,
1: Is this only 2012? It feels so dated already
0: <laughs> well that's because the entire thing is fantastically boomer core
1: <laughs> it, it is a little bit this is going to be a preview of our lost pixar six, uh, season
0: <laughs> and now first up we have the plot of this movie in 60 seconds which is your problem
1: it, oh uh-oh.
0: your time starts now
1: Alright, we are in a world where all video games in the arcade are connected and after hours the characters can go and hang out in each other's worlds and make pop culture references until we all die. Uh, Here we are introduced to Wreck-It Ralph, the villain of a game called Fix-It Felix. Uh, His job is to smash things but he feels sad because that means nobody else in his game likes him despite the fact that the setup here is that they're all just sort of co-workers. Uh, anyway, he, he tries to gain some recognition and acceptance from the other characters in his game, but they think he's just a villain and he can never be fun to hang out with or spend time with. In a rage, he destroys their party for this and gets very cross at one particular villager who, for really stretching thin plot reasons, challenges him to win a medal in a moment of rage. So he sneaks into another game to try and bring a medal back to gain recognition, accidentally breaks that game, and accidentally flees into another game where he meets a cute little spunky outcast kid who's trying to win a race to prove that she can earn a place in her game. Uh, Our villain, who is the the king of this cute girly candy racer game, uh, informs us. That our spunky girl character is a glitch and therefore cannot be allowed to win the race or else she will destroy her game. But as we will see, it doesn't matter if people call you a glitch or a bad guy. All that matters is what you choose to do in your heart and everybody will love you for it or something. It's not a great plot.
0: I genuinely don't know if you're done. Was there more? (laughs)
1: Let's call that done.
0: Yeah. Um, this movie has like an extra third act (laughs) (laughs) or an extra first act. Like there's, there's more movie in this movie than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: And it talks about itself as if there's even more movie, which is kind of, yeah, anyway. (laughs) I feel like maybe some stuff got yada, yada, yada. Nonetheless, we now move on to talk about our prior experiences with this movie. Do you have any?
1: Uh, I've watched it before, but it did not make much of an impression on me because I don't think it's very good. So there's nothing that came up in this version that I was suddenly like, oh, this changed my opinions of it on the rewatch. Nah, it's whatever.
0: I was one year out from starting university, so I was in a position where this movie's marketing was all very surprising and stood apart from it. And, you know, I, I have. If there's a prior relationship, it's that the. The fact this movie existed in 2012 looked astonishing. It looked like the fall of some major economic <laughs> power.
1: Yeah, you know what, that's true. A lot of the, like, they didn't have to stop short at making just tongue in cheek references to other properties. They just straight up got permission to put Street Fighter and fucking Sonic the Hedgehog and a bunch of shit in here. No Mario, I'll note, despite that being my you know, filk of choice for the opening.
0: And also explicitly mentioning Mario, but not any distinguishing or
1: brand-identifying things about Mario. Though we do get a Nintendo logo later on, on a controller. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no Mario. So clearly someone drew the line somewhere. Yeah. And
0: what about a double-take?
1: Like I said, nothing
0: new. Whereas I, once upon a time, amazed that this existed, and now I feel like the existence of this movie is the tedious inevitability of the disney (laughs) empire and the intense boomer defined culture of the millennial because i'm a millennial and i have to live with the fact that my childhood is going to get reprocessed and re-released forever sure as long as the same people who are in power now manage to make it so that the kids of now are embracing my childhood even though they should be getting their own new unique stuff there should not be 25 years of transformers as cool (laughs) as they are as much as i love them kids should be getting their own stuff and this movie is the boomer hand re-re-reinforcing that calcification of culture by saying to kids In 2012, hey, check out Zangief and Sonic the Hedgehog. These are things that you're going to see in a child's movie from the age of five upwards. And I genuinely hate this movie more for it. (laughs) Ooh, strong words. Also, I had not read the book Half Real when this movie was being made.
1: It's one of your uh, academic texts?
0: Yep, and I hadn't read Hamlet on the Holodeck either. And both of those together, I feel kind of... I feel like those two books would look at this movie and, you know, start drinking heavily.
1: (laughs) Sounds like we're gonna be back to having a grand thesis in this episode. Yeah, it's about
0: trans women in sport. Anyway, so, door. what do you think we have for that?
1: Uh, we got lots of fat jokes.
0: We have lots of fat jokes!
1: Uh, Our main character is large of build and kind of fat. He's mostly just thick and square all over, but mm-hmm. I guess he's got a bit of a belly as well, and certainly people will call him fat. Yep. And make fun of his breath and personal hygiene and Yep. I don't know. Our main character's a gross guy.
0: Yep. No I, I have no defenses or, or additions here. You're just right. Um the bad guy's Anonymous decides to treat your brand identity as if it is something comparable to, you know, alcoholism. Not wild about that. Mm,
1: never really thought about it, but that might not be a joking matter. Mm-hmm. Skrillex
0: is at the party. So if you want an extremely 2012 thing.
1: Skrillex. Skrillex. Like, the, are we talking about the music that plays?
0: The music that at plays. At the party
1: or a cameo?
0: Is Skrillex. And there is an animated character <coughs> who they pan over who doesn't animate like the rest <laughs> of the characters with their herky-jerky movement who straight up is Skrillex.
1: I don't know if that's a... Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's an of its time. That is I an see.
0: extremely <laughs> of its time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is one of the most 2012 references around.
1: Um, let's see. The villain of this piece is sort of a Willy Wonka parody as, as King of the Candy Game. Um, and to go along with that, he is, like, incredibly uh, fop-queer-coded. Yeah, like, just fully embracing the role kind of gay snagglepuss voice queer-coded.
0: There's also a way in which the entire candy kingdom comes across as sexual in a really unsettling not saying it kind of way. <laughs> There's lots of licking things and oh I I'm gonna I'm gonna put this candy person in my mouth, you know, as a joke, ha <laughs> ha. Which don't get me wrong, The people involved probably aren't into that. I wouldn't say
1: it comes across as sexual. It's just perhaps a little difficult if you've been on the internet long enough to know about, well, all the stuff the normies don't know about.
0: Yeah, almost like you're the kind of person this movie thinks it's advertising to, (laughs) though it clearly (laughs) is not.
1: (laughs) Okay, you're not wrong. I'm just going to award them a general oof. For not knowing how to handle their adult female character yep, yep. who is the subject of a really really bad love plot set up with Fixit Felix the squeaky clean presented as a young man talks like your grandpa's grandpa's favorite TV character he it's something about his romantic attraction wrapped in layers of this child friendly innocence that's just kind of gross and they have him use a lot of uh I don't know if they'd be southern uh, they uh, euphemisms. Be. I don't know what what particular part of boomer hell America his words come from, but there are some creepy metaphors he uses, and I'm not okay with them. Felix is gross. And also Felix is bad at consent. Yeah. Like, worse than your average Disney dude is at consent. He just, like, he sort of notices her and is immediately like, staring. And it's Treated as being romantically disarming. hmm And then the woman he's apparently developing a relationship with has a PTSD flashback and tells him to go away and rather than, than being like, are you okay? Is something wrong with you? You just screamed and told me to run away from you. Uh, he instead defends what he did. Yeah. So, Felix sucks in every way.
0: Yeah, it shows a... It shows the focus of his attention. That when confronted with... Like, this, this sounds like such a basic thing, but it's, it, it is incredibly important, especially when you're writing a script. In the moment where the character is rejected, there are two easy directions to go. One of which is, what did I do? And the other is, are you okay? And one of them shows that you're concerned about yourself, and the other shows you are concerned about the other. Even if you can go, hey, you know, on multiple lower levels, I actually mean this. No, like The simple, obvious impression of where the focus lies is represented there.
1: And in a less dramatic circumstance, that's not a problem. Like if this was just a movie about a relationship and someone just suddenly was disinterested in you, then you might uh, uh, immediately think of your own actions and to defend yourself. But once again, I cannot stress enough the fact that she's very obviously having a PTSD attack at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not the actions of someone who was just upset by what you said and is like, I don't want to be around you anymore in a romantic way. It no, it's screaming in fear and nearly crashing a car. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. Alright. What Everything else is yikes?
0: About Calhoun is yikes, especially because they explicitly state in a way that the characters understand that it is a meta creative act that she was given a tragic backstory. She was written to have this trauma. That is to say, everyone around her is not thinking in terms of, hey, this person had an experience and it affected them and we all have experiences and we need to be mindful of how they affect us, but rather instead, (coughs) we are aware that this character we know, who is a person we interact with, was created by a creator to be Traumatized, and that is supremely fucked up. And to then have characters disregard that when they have been told about it is even more fucked up. Yeah, this is true. But that's a level on which this whole movie just fails.
1: I do like the idea of they're aware that they were created whole. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, if you're an adult in the game, you weren't like you don't have a childhood, but you have a backstory. That's really interesting. That's a thing you could do, uh, like, meta-interesting stuff with. But what we have here is, is just a way to make the trauma that happened to her a a joke about a backstory, rather than a thing to be treated seriously. Which I guess is why we're not supposed to notice that Felix is an asshole. Yep! Uh, it, one last thing. Uh, if... <clears throat> I feel like there's a scene which goes a little too far... Um with an an angry parental figure and a thoroughly distressed child, and the phrase "I'm doing this for your own good, which I believe could be extremely upsetting if you have had a tenuous relationship with your parents at any point. Oh yeah. um like it's uh you points to the voice actor of the child, I guess because I believe some serious distress is happening here, but also just... I find it to be inexcusably framed, uh, since it is instantly forgiven.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Why would he need forgiveness?
1: Mm. I mean, she
0: does say he's a poophead.
1: Yeah, but it's affectionate by that point. It's already been established. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, it if if we were to take it at face value, we would have the overall message of it's okay to destroy everything your child cares about as long as you bring her a new one that's fixed up later on. And then you will be forgiven. It was the thing, not the trauma. Ah, yeah. I I think that about covers our yikes. Mm -hmm. This might be a movie you don't want to watch if any of that would bother you. I don't think I'll watch it again having done this episode.
0: I do feel I've watched this movie one time too many. I think I liked it a lot more last time and I didn't like it much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's about where I am too. I, I did not love it the first time. I didn't even really like it the first time and I like it less now.
0: Plus, part of it is just the fawning sycophancy with which it says, look, millennial, product.
1: <laughs> look, we paid to say the names of all these things you like.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's not, it's, it's... I have more on this later, but there is an artificiality to this movie ironically
1: oh good i'll be there with you
0: <laughs> Ironic uh the artificiality of which i speak is not the the, the constraints or the or, or the fact that it's you know oh it's making up its own games i actually think that the place that this movie has the best identity is in sugar rush itself
1: yeah which is also a great name
0: yeah absolutely like sugar sugar rush is like triple a plus branding and design on almost every level
1: I'm surprised they didn't just make that game as a, a
0: tie-in. Maybe they did. Maybe I they did. Didn't yeah. look into it. The, I guess that neatly segs us into the animation and making, where my notes are what they always are, which is to say, here is the list of voice actors, and here is the music, and that's it. But that's not really like none of that seems interesting to me. Therefore, our traditional let's look for a voice actor we know trick isn't necessary because there's actually a lot of visual stuff here worth digging into that's pretty cool.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Well, we may disagree on that, but let's see where we're going.
0: All right, so this this movie had to rely on creating fantasies of a lot of ridiculous things, like a open arcade that had been contiguously open in 2012 where they're using quarters. No, they're not. They're not using quarters. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, movie.
1: Wasn't that kind of the bit, though? Like, I seem to remember the the little girl at one point who plays Fix-It Felix does so because she gets a roll of quarters and she, like, looks around for what she could put them into. Ah,
0: that explains that. I didn't pass that as that at the fir- at that point. I was busy taking notes about how angry I was about the first-person shooter section, I think. <laughs>
1: But then again, the other kid, like, she gets them from a kid who has a roll of quarters, which you wouldn't have unless the arcade operated on quarters. I don't know. The and fact that there's a Fix-It Felix machine in the arcade is nonsense to begin with, because this is an extremely 80s-style game, mm-hmm. though a weirdly high-res one. Oh, I yeah. guess because they didn't want it to look that crap.
0: There's a degree of shovel nightness to this whole thing of, we're going to have modern technology represent ancient, well, ancient technology. We're going to have modern technology represent 80s technology, and our artists are going to rebel at those limits at every opportunity <laughs> and we're going to find a compromise. It's definitely more like an 80s thing, but it's not an 80s thing. Not even close. The speech bubble with Help Us Felix has curved edges. Did not know? <laughs> I, I sure hope someone got fired over that blunder.
1: <laughs> I mean, you say that, but to me, these are significant details because they oh, yeah. represent the insincerity yeah. of this movie. Which is sort of what you touched upon earlier. Um, the is, movie is hollow
0: and inconsistent.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is much like they throw uh, Zangief into the villain group. He's not a fucking He's villain. Not a villain. He's just there to win the tournament, like everyone except the actual villain is. And at first, I was like, oh, "Maybe Bison's you know appearance fees were too high," but then Bison's there as well. So, like, the fuck is Zangief doing here? He's not a bad guy.
0: Zangief is not a bad guy unless. You're a fucking boomer and you're like, oh, I see, the Russian strongman who dances with Mikhail Gorbachev in his victory screen. That's the villain, right? Zangief is an amazing character to pick for that scene because you have to be comically unaware of anything about that game to think Zangief is even important, let alone that Zangief is the villain or even a bad guy. He's not even one of the bad guy's dunes. Nope. He is an unironic participant representing his, his country in a sport, a country that doesn't exist anymore, and that's it.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's dumb. I assume the reason he's there is because they want to do a funny Russian voice, but that it's not that the movie needs to be accurate, but once again, it's, it's a level of insincerity.
0: This movie is hollow and artificial in only the ways that truly corporate art can be. This movie is a place where Sonic the Hedgehog really exists and does public service announcements.
1: I kind of like that, if I'm honest. Like, that's exactly the kind of shallow shit they use Sonic for in our world.
0: Yeah, which is just a sign that in this world, Sonic is exactly as shit as Sonic is in the real world. (laughs) Which, you know, I might imagine you'd want to avoid...
1: I don't know. I mean, he's not here for the benefit of children once again.
0: Consider me shrugging. On the other hand, the animation that they used to represent the herky-jerky limited frame style was very cute.
1: Yeah. Look, I like it, and i wanted to be really enthused about it, but I just found myself really mad that it was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't characters from the old low frame rate games had that style of information it was characters who aren't important from the old games had that style of animation and that's just that sucks
0: from exactly one game no less yeah hubert didn't move like that
1: it's really annoying god i would have loved to see the whole film uh done like a limited frame rate except for the fucking call of duty assholes That would have been really funny.
0: That's not even Call of Duty, arseholes, anyway.
1: Well, no, it's Medal of Honor, arseholes. It's Gears of War. Gears of War, okay.
0: And I understand that that can be a completely impossible thing for you to keep straight as someone who's not in that franchise (laughs) space. I'm gonna be honest.
1: Uh, I've never seen any character from any of them that I could distinguish from any character from another one of them. So, they are a meaningless soup off-homogeneity to me.
0: There is one character in any Gears of War I care about anyway at all, and that's Clay Carmine.
1: I was gonna say, which one's the one with the dog? Because that's the only character I care about.
0: I have no idea.
1: <laughs> hey, there we go.
0: Moving outside of Ralph's own game, what do you think of the other games, or the even the common space?
1: Uh, well, I've already said I like Sugar Rush. There's a lot of ideas here that could have been really clever if they'd sort of followed all the way through on them. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, The characters have to travel through electricity cables, um, and it would make a lot of sense if they were network cables, you know, the things used for transfer of data in this scenario. But, I mean, they wanted to do really old retro games, so they couldn't actually have them be networked, so. Yep. (laughs) Then it sort of turns into, why does it matter what's in this particular arcade? Why can't you access anything outside of here, because... I mean, if all you are is electricity rather than code, they describe code as being a separate entity to themselves, which is real fucky.
0: It's a lot like us saying we're made of molecules.
1: It's a lot like us saying, I went into the molecules to look for something, but don't worry, I got back safely. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about now? This isn't art and animation, this is conceptual stuff. I, I bring that up because the design of the, like, hub where they can all go and hang out together is, uh, or it's set up like a train station with sort of power sockets. Rep- I think they're power sockets anyway. They're yeah. US styled, so I don't know if if that's actually what they're meant to look like. Yep. Or like um, uh, fuses is what they look like to me. Um, Anyway, so, I don't know. There's some interesting sort of, Physical ideas, as then populated by these game characters in a tiny miniature world, sort of thing, which is sort of interesting, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And we spend most of our time in the Sugar Rush game, which is yeah. a, a Candyland world. So there's lots of, you know, forest made of lollipops and some truly horrifying foods. I assume must be American. That
0: yeah. Also, many of those are actual specific brands. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, yeah, I did recognize a couple of specific brands. I noticed that they had to say Diet Cola Mountain, mm. but they were very clear that it was Mentos being dropped in it. Yeah. So, guess you could license one of those brands, but not both. Disney Coca-Cola is still too strong for you.
0: The visual aesthetic of Sugar Rush is actually one of the more damning things about this, because they did such a good job of making their own Ursatz version of basically a kind of Mario kart kind of thing, and then you remember that this game, sorry, this, this movie that's meant to be about traveling from world to world of all these different video games goes to exactly three, and one of them is a footnote. So really, this is a Sugar Rush movie.
1: Uh, we do see him in Tappers as well. Oh, yes. So four, but... Two footnotes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely not a movie about visiting different video game worlds.
0: Yeah, and it's not really a movie about video games either. No. It's true. about... Well, you know, you know what know it's about.
1: Yeah, it's about you can't change who you are, but that's okay, because who you are is good.
0: No, I said it earlier. It's about trans women in sport. Anyway, the music in this was composed by Henry Jackman.
1: I don't, don't...
0: Yeah. um, And it has... Original songs by Owl City, Skrillex, AKB48, and, uh, yeah, like... Oh, and Rihanna. They licensed a Rihanna song.
1: Owl City was in this? Yeah,
0: Owl City was in this. Which So if you thought that ending song was just a little bit feely-weely... To be honest,
1: I don't remember the ending song.
0: (laughs) That's how Owl City music works.
1: I disagree. I only know one Owl City song, but it's unforgettable.
0: Yeah. You've heard other Owl City songs. You just don't remember any of them. <laughs>
1: and,
0: and trust me, we I can like say that. this as having, some, having lived in the same house as you. I know you've heard other Our City songs, but they are all completely forgettable. <laughs> they did a song with Carly Rae Jepsen, which is like memory antimatter. It's amazing.
1: To be fair, I wouldn't blame anyone for jettisoning a Carly Rae Jepsen song, Upon Contact. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not setting aside any of my memory for one of those.
0: Sugar Rush, the theme... Is made by AKB forty eight, and you know, it seems pretty perfect as what it was.
1: Oh, that's a K pop group or something, isn't it?
0: A Japanese group, I believe. Yeah, one right. of the one of the idol groups where I think it's called forty eight because there are forty eight members. Yeah. I look. I'm not well versed in this space. I don't want to uh, uh, yuck on anyone's yum. But idol culture <laughs> in Japan typically is a machine built out of the suffering of little girls. So I don't really feel a need to become an expert. Song's a banger.
1: I was just going to say, I hate idle stuff and leave it at that.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, which takes us through animation making. Sorry, that takes us all the way through animation and making on the way to a grand thesis. Dost thou have one?
1: Well, I think it's going to be in line with yours. <laughs> which is, this is shallow and annoying and uh, aping. Uh, the things it's referencing rather than actually understanding them. Well, not aping, just, you know, mentioning them in ways that demonstrate it doesn't actually give a shit about what they are.
0: It is the Control alt delete movie, yes. But that's not my grand thesis. Oh, that's just the coagulation in whatever land.
1: And I'm gonna be mad at it for a lot of other stuff lately, because for some reason this movie makes me want to pick at potholes more than the other ones have.
0: Yeah, well, if if a... F- movies fiction loses you in the same way that if a game's fiction loses you you are presented with the unvarnished realities of it and that's when you start picking holes it's how it goes fiction is meant to carry you to the next stage of the fiction it's an idea we have in game studies called conveyance this is a term i first learned from the book half real by Jesper yule
1: i don't think It's so much that the story stopped carrying me at an appropriate pace, so I started poking holes in it, so much as that uh, I am very easy to win over with characters, and if I enjoy spending time with these people, I will not be too bothered by plot holes. The problem is in this movie, I don't like anyone. Well, I kind of like Calhoun, but she (laughs) exists in a place where she cannot but suck,
0: so. You, You like what Calhoun could have been.
1: Well, I don't even like that. I mean, she's a one-dimensional badass girl from a, a ill-conceived boy game.
0: It's true, but she could have been a crapload better very mm-hmm. easily.
1: She's a breath of fresh air in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, where people can only say nice things and be nice. Um, it's it's a shame that she still ultimately has to be written for low language ratings, so she can't just tell Felix to fuck off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's an archetype that would swear, except that Absolutely. she wouldn't swear because her game is probably rated for teenagers.
0: Yeah, I quite like Vanellope. I think that as a character, she's very endearing and sweet. But that's as much she reminds me of my friends <laughs> who would wear that aesthetic mix with pride and joy. And for whom the idea of I am a girl who is a glitch just smacks hard on some point in their life and that's fine uh but broadly speaking nah and this movie does still ask you to emotionally respond to ralph who sucks
1: i don't hate vanellope (laughs) i liked her more the first time Mm. i guess it just sort of drives home how much of an ass she is at the beginning like she's just unnecessarily mean Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, okay, she's being mean to Ralph, so it's kind of fair, but still, she's she's kind of insufferable at the beginning.
0: I think because I hate Ralph enough, watching someone <laughs> just dunk on him
1: didn't yeah. hurt me any.
0: But, like, that's not a good place for the story to be on, relying on the fact that, hey, if people really hate this boomer ass sad dad, then we will be able to have that carrier scene of just being cruel to him.
1: Yeah, this movie did do a lot of, like, people getting hurt. It's funny.
0: There's a certain slumping feeling I get from System Shock-style games where the game will give you an objective to go to a location and as you get towards it, as you approach it, like it's a great big door, suddenly a landslide will happen and, you know, the door is sealed off and now you've got to go the long way around. And if I'm enjoying the game then that's fine. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the next thing. This is, you know, this is natural problems. Cool, more a, game! But for a lot of these games, uh, especially the more trudgy ones like Bioshock Infinite, I know inside me I have this like slumping shoulder feeling of like, oh no, now it's going to keep going. And that's exactly <laughs> the feeling I got when he loses the medal. I'm like, oh no, there's more movie. And I know there's more movies. There's more movie.
1: We've only been here for like 15 minutes. Yeah,
0: but there's still a part of me that's just like,
1: fuck me.
0: Can't he just get his medal and go home and just end this stupid story? But, you know, that's how it is.
1: Imagine if Ralph hadn't been here at all. Imagine if this had just been Vanellope's movie.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty cool movie. (laughs) Uh, It would require you to respect and focus on a girl Uh who is isolated and excluded in her social environment because of an accident of her birth, which means that everyone tells her she's made wrong. And this is how we get to the grand thesis that this is a movie about trans women in sports.
1: Mm, You said that a few times.
0: I know. And now, like I'm popping a wheelie, I'm going to prove it. The history of sport, traditionally, is that it is a social way of demonstrating inclusion the the nature of the nature of games we play tend to be about who we include and who we exclude and in all situations the social is predicated on its exclusions this is one of the things you'll find about whiteness when we talk about racism studies uh whiteness has almost no defining characteristics you may think what about white colored skin but there are people with white colored skin who are excluded from whiteness
1: I mean, you only need to go as far in this country as understanding that uh, when it was Greek and Italian immigrants we were concerned about in our parents' era, they weren't considered white. Yes. And now they are because we've decided that we're scared of Arabs instead.
0: Benjamin Franklin wrote about how Germans weren't white people because they were the tawny Saxon, which, as a side note, I think that means he thought they were too hot you have to say,
1: Tawny Saxon sounds like a very successful stripper to me.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's, yeah. You know, um, in the case of many of these debates around who gets to participate in games, the dominant systems will usually use the games to reinforce their dominance. One can look to, for example, the way that the rules of cricket were changed when Australia was beating England too much mm. in the 1800s. They literally changed several rules. One of them during a match to stop Australians being too good at cricket. Same thing happened in the West Indies when a whole bunch of teams that were coincidentally full of black people were playing in a particular way, and they were like, "Oh no, no, no! That's not that's not how you're supposed to play it. You need to play it the way that we play it, and that we're better at than you are, and and you know impose limits on them."
1: Compare and contrast now where they've gotten uppity about uh, athletes with prosthetics. Yes. Competing against, uh, I'm going to say, standard-bodied athletes. Yeah. Uh, Because now it's shifted from, oh, they couldn't possibly compete at our level to, we can't possibly compete with grand prosthetics.
0: Yeah. And there are a number of games that once they are designed to accommodate people with disabilities... People with disabilities don't just play those games, they dominate at those games. There's a variety of dodgeball which is played by the unsighted. And I use unsighted specifically in that situation because there are many degrees of it. Yeah, yeah. And because it relies on you not being able to see, everyone who plays it plays it blindfolded. <laughs> Even if you have no natural ability to see of your what own. A great idea. Uh, and it's played with a bell in the ball. And you are trying to score goals across a basketball court. And the players who play this game well, who are naturally unsighted, crush people at it. It is is not a matter of, oh, well, of course they're better at this game. They have practice. People who have full range of, uh, of sight capacity, who practice this game, who try to get good at this game, still lose because they often have other games they're also playing and they can't give it the same focus. And so you have this situation where a lot of these sports designed for people with disabilities or in marginalized groups, they are not only better at it, but they're better at harder games. In the case of Vanellope, the fact that she is a glitch, a thing that lets her fucking teleport, is treated as needing to be excluded from the game for the safety of herself and the harm she would inflict on others. Hmm. This is the same body of arguments that are used to exclude a number of people from sports, and right now the predominant way it's being used is to exclude trans women from sports on the basis of horseshit pseudoscience.
1: You're not wrong. I just don't think it holds up, because Vanellope's not a glitch. She's secretly better than everyone else.
0: Well, I mean, she still gets the teleport powers- even after she gets connected back to the computer. So that doesn't make any goddamn sense. But now we're talking about ways the movie is bad.
1: <laughs> it doesn't. And also the fact that they say she's a glitch so she can't leave. And that's a lie. Yeah. But then she still can't leave. Yeah. Even though she's just like everybody else. So, as I was gonna say, there's a lot of potholes in this which are above average level of irritating.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this that doesn't make sense at all. And that's not stuff that doesn't make sense in the sort of like top-down ethical framework philosophical perspective or anything. It's just, no, they just fucked up telling the story. They just made a goddamn mistake. And there's no good reason for it. But I think that the uh, the nature of a movie that's about games, that wants to be about games, and I tried really hard to find something to say here that brought to bear game <laughs> studies or beyond a boundary or half real or any of this
1: stuff. And the fact is, this has so little to say about games. It's a good accidental meaning to find in there. Um, a lot of the the plot holes that I would complain about. I can't believe I'm complaining about plot holes. I hate doing that.
0: I'm not putting a ding sound in.
1: No, but a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> nice. A lot of them are so irritating because, as you say, this is a movie that pretends to be about games, yeah. but then it has a bunch of stupid arbitrary shit that. You could have handled with games, uh-huh. and instead they chose to make up some plot crap for that doesn't even work. Like the they give you the idea that uh, the reason the king doesn't really doesn't want Vanellope to compete in the races is because if she crosses the finish line, the game will be reset and she will be reinstated in her correct position. As like intentional code, uh, because the the fact that she's a glitch is a lie. She's just a bit of code that he. I don't know, somehow quarantined for the rest of the code. Code is a separate entity from these characters who are entirely made of code. It's it's a dumb idea.
0: By the way, the Lovecraftian horror of there is a king in this nation who wrote himself into your memories and you all know it, but you don't know what life was like beforehand? That's fucking terrifying.
1: That's kind of neat, yeah.
0: I, I really wish they'd done something with that that was... Good. Good. Yeah. Mm. Like, maybe made the result of that somehow play into his downfall instead of completely not.
1: No, just he he turns into a bug. Mm -hmm.
0: Because of code from another game, which is not how code works in that situation. Yeah,
1: they so they have these bugs from the Code of Warfare Metal Duty game Mm -hmm. that he goes into, uh, and and he accidentally unleashes one of their alien monsters into the the Candy Racer game and they say, like, oh, it's got no defenses against it, it'll take over, and they start calling it a virus. I'm like, that's not... why?
0: They explicitly invoke the behavior of a virus for these game entities. Yeah. And there's no reason for that. Yeah. And there's no reason to design them that way, and there's nothing helped or aided by it. In fact, that would be harder than coding them the way they are. Yeah. It's not for some state-of-the-art high-level AI bullshit. It's for a drop-and-pop rail shooter! And the nature of them being that way is used as the tension point in Sugar Rush. So all of Sugar Rush relies on the looming horror of a completely artificial threat that they stated is there for no good reason, which just reinforces
1: the complete lack
0: of relationship to games. It's even more boomer core every time you go back to this well.
1: I like. I get them deciding that the king, who is in fact code that escaped from another game years ago, uh, and, and is like a folklore that people reference as an example of a character who went crazy and ruined everything, I get that they're referring to him as a virus, because he has effectively become malicious code of his own will. Alright, fine, I can work with that. But the bugs are just, they're an intentional part of a game, which transported into another game is declared to be capable of destroying the game and it makes zero sense
0: like if the principle is let's not have invasive species like yeah let's stop that but i don't (laughs) think that's what you're going for i don't
1: think that's the message we have here
0: i would i would hesitate from calling the king a virus just because viruses replicate and he doesn't he very much wants to keep in place himself
1: i guess so he calls himself a virus
0: yeah fair enough but also we have an extra grand thesis here But let
1: us not get distracted.
0: Yeah, yeah, there was something... We were going somewhere with this. What was it? Well,
1: the point we're actually complaining about is the idea that when she crosses the finish line, the game will reboot. And, like, no! That's not... She's from a modern arcade racing game with, like, super high-risk 3D graphics and shit. When we see her on the screen of her game, she's not a pixel-based LCD artifact (laughs) thing like Felix and Ralph is. She is her character model from the movie. She is absurdly high fidelity. I don't know when this movie is intended to be set. The arcade is a weird, you know, conglomerate of all times, just pretending that, no, kids would totally be interested in Pac-Man as much as Sugar Rush. Of course they would. Um, But the point is, that's not how games like that have worked in decades at this point. There's no conceivable reason that the game would reboot itself. When a player wins, that's not the correct response. The second she goes over the finish line, it's supposed to reboot.
0: This is where I come back to that mention of core. Yeah. It's like Ralph complains about when did video games get so violent. Well, Ralph, <laughs> you throw bricks at people's heads and you're two years younger than Death Rally.
1: It's so like Dune RTS that's one of the oldest fucking video games around.
0: That would be like 1991. That would be well after this. Uh no, Death, it's after uh, Death Rally was a arcade game which was in black and white, which was warned about for being so violent. Missile Command <laughs> is about nuclear <laughs> obliteration. Uh, and again, he throws bricks at people's heads. He That's does. pretty fucking violent, it's man.
1: Violent. He tests people out of windows and throws them
0: the next arc along in 1990 sorry he if he's a 30 year old game in 2012 then that means in 1982 he was sharing space in about one year with catacomb abyss where you're fireballing demons in the face the wolfenstein games came out only five years after that like the, the history of video games is a non-stop escalade of violence and the fact that he's sitting around going, when did video games get so violent? You were in a room with Zangief.
1: I was going to say, he hangs out with Street Fighter characters.
0: Yeah. You, and, and this all comes back to that idea of being really boomer core. The fact that it's not about games and the people who love games, it's about the parents of the people who love games talking about games. There is no understanding or love of the things in these games that make them meaningful it is all about removed iconography and licensing image
1: also there's a big fucking plot point about how ralph realizes vanellope is not a glitch because he sees her on the side of the arcade cab which he calls a console yeah which is an
0: interesting the game console choice. like that's not what it is
1: but she's there in her costume that's supposed to be her glitch look yeah Like, when when she gets restored to her normal state, she has a pretty princess dress and some shit. But the the version of her that proves she's not an accident is the one that, you know, is actually good. So, that's some shit. I mean, the whole idea with her mm, is really irritating. I mean, you know, correct choice at the end. Obviously, she doesn't want to be a pretty, pretty princess. She wants to be a spunky brat with sprinkles in her hair, and that's cool.
0: The book Half Real by Jesper Yule describes games as made of real rules and fictional worlds. And in this case, it can't make up its mind what its real rules are.
1: Yeah. I don't need the rules to be the same as in the real world. I need them to be consistent in their own fucking world.
0: Similarly, we have very different reactions to the opening arc of Wreck-It Ralph, right? Because... Sorry, of the actual game, Wreck-It Ralph. Because I hated ralph through the whole thing because to me ralph is a guy who is breaking people's houses and throwing bricks at dudes and then getting mad that no one throws him a party it's because you throw bricks at dudes people like you may be upset for a legitimate reason and you've been displaced but you are throwing bricks at people and going well why don't they like me
1: okay so i definitely have a different take on that because the game seemed to present everyone as just being workmates. And when they clock
0: exactly. off. They have
1: an understanding. You know Ken and Ryu are fighting. Uh, until the lights in the arcade go off. And then they're like hey I want to go get a drink. Well, like, The action instantly stops. I realise Ken and Ryu yeah, are say- enemies to begin with. But
0: <laughs> they're the same person.
1: <laughs> the point is the fiction that they need to fight. Ends. Mm-hmm. At that point. And we see like heroes and villains. Palling around with each other in other circumstances.
0: In Half Real, one of the things Yule describes is the challenge of grappling with the diegesis of a game, because in narrative of Mario, Mario has no we have no reason to believe that Mario knows Mario has three lives. We have no reason to believe that Mario doesn't experience the failures, but that all of those failures are like universal resets or anything. The reason they work the way they do is because it's a game. And Mario's diegetic perspective on it can't care about that as if it's galactic resets because then the whole game becomes existential horror
1: (laughs) yes and uh, we've had enough fan games that are about that at Mm. this point yeah it's It's okay you can stop writing them we understand the representation
0: it is complete wank it was done in 1995 and every Mm. year thereafter from everyone who had the bright year of what if video game work like real life that's also the basis of 99 percent of all of gaming webcomics, so consider that when you do that kind of thing, you are aiming to hit the lofty heights of control alt-delete the game. This idea space of what is a video game life like diegetically for the characters has to be able to connect to the correct vibe. Is Wreck It Ralph a story about two coworkers who bicker back and forth? Does Ralph ever win? Is there a game over screen where Felix is crying? Because this game doesn't present it that way.
1: It's got to have a game over screen, though.
0: Doesn't it's it? that yeah. kind of game. Surely it does, but we don't see it. The game is never presented in a failure state. So the only thing we know is everyone always wins at Wreck-It Ralph. And also, when the screens are off, they are living their lives. This is their house, which is... Weird, I thought this was their workplace, but no, it's their house, it's it's where they live, it's where they socialize, it's where they party, it's where they invite their friends to. Which, again, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other, it's just the absence of those lines creates this very strange logic of, yeah, the villain character, who we all deal with every day, doesn't get dealt with permanently, and lives in a dump, like, because diegetically, he lives in a dump in the fiction of the game, and it just makes everything into this kind of asshole world.
1: It does. I mean, I'll draw your attention specifically to Felix, who clearly thinks they are co-workers. Yeah. He does not think of Ralph as an enemy. He calls him a friend, in fact.
0: How, how good is Felix at recognising other people's social boundaries?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you only have two possibilities here. Either Felix is correct, in which case, what the fuck is going on with the rest of the world? Or Felix is delusional... And in that case, what the fuck is his deal with allowing Ralph to be treated the way he is? Like, it, this is a friend and co-worker, okay. Then what the fuck is wrong with you not inviting him to your, your organization's 30th anniversary party? Of which he is a key member. It undeniably could not exist without him.
0: Mm-hmm. But in and the fiction of the game, Ralph's a shithead. And, like, you can't square that circle the way they've done it because it just leaves these questions like
1: who the fuck is right here and later on when he comes back to his game in what is his uh the the nadir
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of his story when when he is at his worst and he is just screwed over Vanellope because he got conned by the evil king and he destroyed everything and there was that extremely uncomfortable bad parent scene and he comes back And everyone is fleeing from the game because they've realized that the game doesn't exist without him. And considering that these characters have been assholes for the entire movie, you would think that this is a moment where he comes back and they've realized that they need him. Yeah. So they might at least acknowledge like, okay, your role is to make our lives uncomfortable, but we need you. But that's not what you get. You just get the one guy who was the biggest asshole of all being smug about it Mm -hmm. and like you know reverse gloating of like oh well now you get to live in the penthouse alone i'm like the fuck are you to be like delivering a moral lesson at this point you are the worst of all these people
0: now the other option here is this is a company town (laughs) which disney
1: would have liked he would have liked I think that influence as well has really gone from Disney at this point.
0: The fact that this whole thing views the idea of you are a worker in a world that is contained, you can't leave it, you should never leave it, it is unsafe for you to leave your job, because it, in the rest of the world, the, dirt, the dangers there will kill you forever and you will have no recourse. It is an interesting thing if you want to reframe these games as labor, Because you are fundamentally created for it, you have been tailored for it, and you cannot do anything else.
1: Which very much ties back into what the movie thinks it is about. Setting aside metaphors of of trans women in sports, for a moment, the movie intends that it is about what is the nature of a person designed for a specific role. Yeah. Which it doesn't really have a proper answer to in the end. No. No. Aside from, I guess, its goal is to prove that the mantra of the villain group at the beginning is accurate. And, like, you're supposed to be bad and that's good. And, like, that's all there is to it. And that's regarded as being a solution. Hey, Fox. What does player agency do in this world? Player agency? Oh, you deprive the controllable character of their free will. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's Well, uh... sort of a little bit. I mean, Felix does some weird shit where he can apparently control himself which reflects in the control stick of the game. It's very strange.
0: Yeah, there's no servos in those things, designers. <laughs> no, uh, that's not how that works. I don't works. think they
1: work that way. Um, but yeah, actually, you know what? That's that's a clever, actually insightful into gameplay thing uh, that I will give this movie credit for. In the FPS, the player character, as the, the inhabitants of the game world see it, is just like a little robot with a screen for a face. <laughs> It's yes. not a person, and that's clever
0: that's what should be fucking happening. Uh-huh. That should be the thing it's the 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 fact that these characters have their own life and agency and can do a good job or a bad job and have their own relationships to the mechanics of the world breaks when you have a player involved because how how exactly does Felix? handle the fact that, oh yeah, every now and again, I just get routinely puppeted around by a complete stranger.
1: Well, I mean,
0: I don't... Why do you think you deserve a medal? You didn't do shit, dude.
1: I... well, that's correct. But I... I mean, he doesn't say he deserves a medal. The townsfolk say he deserves... okay, we're getting past the point. Um, I disagree with you. Um, you definitely shouldn't be having faceless robots in the third-person games. Like, the whole reason it's funny in the first-person game is because these are games where you don't you're not a character you're a floating omniscient pers- but you're a floating first person perspective with a fucking gun the gun is the character if anything
0: well i will also say uh in the gears of war parody the player avatar has a personality it does stuff when there is no player and it objects to being helped well like yeah, it slaps off it. ralph which don't get me wrong that's you know, it's a minor thing, but it shows the same thing. They don't even, they're not thinking of it as tangibly different. They're just going, ha ha, these characters are so...
1: You're right. Uh, I'm more one. disappointed in it now. Yeah. It's just meant to be a visual representation that this one thing is different.
0: Imagine if oh. this story could have a sequence where Felix talked with Ralph and said, look, I get you're frustrated with your role in our job, and I'm frustrated with, with how limited I am in helping you in that, but I want you to understand a part of my job is i surrender something of myself on a deep level to be able to do this and and so you may you may resent the way that the job treats you and i kind of envy the freedom you have you could wander to the left and throw a brick down there or you could wander to the right and throw a brick down there and i can't do anything and then maybe the end of the story has them both appreciating that from one another and like maybe uh, you know, outside of the outside of the game time they go like, hey, do you want to go up there and chuck down some bricks at me? And yeah, 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 let's do that.
1: Like, that... Yeah. I don't think that it's deeply necessary to explore the loss of personal control as a concept. I think that's definitely too weighty for this fluff of a movie. Oh, yeah. But, should... <laughs> that would have been a fucked ton better subplot for Felix. Absolutely. Like, what if we do consider the fact that he doesn't get to be himself at any point during the game. He he only... His intelligence and his will only matter after hours, whereas Ralph does get to be autonomous, at least. So, yeah, you're right. You could make this into a two-sided thing. And that would make Ralph's desire for basic human decency uh, contrast with something in a meaningful way. Like, then it would become... We're, this, this is one role within a game and you might be uncomfortable with that rather than just, you have been singled out by design to eat shit for the rest of your life. <laughs> Don't complain about it, you're wrong for wanting better.
0: You could escalate it even further. You could have Ralph meets Felix after, you know, the, the plot thing, and he's like, you're, you're the hero, you get to do what you want, and Felix is like, who are you? <laughs> I never see you. No, because Because the, no. the game... When someone else is controlling me, I'm not there. I'm asleep. And then you're not there when I'm awake. I have no idea who you are. I'm sorry you felt this way. We can come to an understanding of each other. Mm. You you felt excluded from the party. I didn't know you were there. I'm so sorry. That would make him not
1: a fucking asshole, which would be nice.
0: And I know right now I'm workshopping again better movies than this movie. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is they should have just stuck with making a Sugar Rush movie. <laughs> we didn't need the sad dad. At all. He adds nothing to this story. This was
1: kind of the era of, oh, quick, shove a sad dad in it.
0: Uh, on the note of types of character, how villain versus player protagonist in an 80s uh, mascot game. Calhoun's a tutorial NPC.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. She
0: is there to make you go to the next waypoint. She is not engaging with the combat in any way. And the fact that she's like such a you know, cool shooter character. like She is the one in Gears of War who is going to be you know, next to you saying, Press E! To pay respect!
1: I mean, she does shoot things. It's yeah. not like she does nothing. Yeah. But she... Uh, the, the thing to do would be to have her aware that she can never actually complete an objective herself and be really pissed about this. Yeah. And like, did you notice that at the metal scene she's not even there? Yeah. Like, obviously it's because they needed her character to not be there, but the point is, like, she doesn't even exist by the end of the game. She might as well just go away.
0: Yeah. You could have had a cut shot to her down on the ground going, wait... My metal scene's triggering. Well, that that shouldn't be happening. Or you could also have a scene with Felix going, I don't know how to do this. Like I how how do why do I fix everything I touch? And she's like, okay, I'm going to step you through this and tutorial NPCing him into doing something different with his life. And like, don't get me wrong, that is still woman subordinate to man bullshit. But it's just a more interesting application of these characters.
1: Well, see, that's why you would use the awareness of I am never able to complete anything by myself. You know, she could have an arc rather than her (laughs) character... Feel these giant finger quotes. Rather than her character arc being doesn't like a guy and then does like a guy. (sighs) And
0: once again, through this, we dig down into the third Layer of Grand Thesis. Oh no. Where we talk about Toy Story once more. <laughs> because Turbo...
1: I did allude to this, didn't I?
0: ...is a shitty character who's mad at not getting enough attention. Because these games are being pit against each other as competition in a capitalist experience. And that there is a wrong way to play. As opposed to, hey, you're gonna die... You're going to die if you don't do a good job and keep people coming back to your game. So you being attention demanding is a character flaw and it is a sin as opposed to existential survival.
1: What happens if they plug the machine back in somewhere else?
0: How many Wreck-It Ralph games exist?
1: Well, I mean, for the vintage arcade cabs that still exist in this world, they mostly wind up in the hands of collectors. Yeah. So it's not as if they're never going to be turned on again,
0: usually. A
1: lot of them will get junked. That's the sad fate of a lot of these machines. Sure, sure. But there's definitely the possibility that a machine gets used again, and what happens then? Are the characters just not in there anymore for some reason? Do they get reset? Do they get, like, bzzroiked back into the machine over the unplugged electronic waves? It's some bullshit. What? Do these characters not understand what fucking ROM storage is?
0: When a... Second copy of the same game is wheeled into this arcade. Ah! Which is absolutely a thing that happens.
1: especially for something like Sugar Rush, they would have more than one cabinet.
0: They have more than one cabinet. They're right next to each other. Bonus! I thought it was one with two ride spots. Well, that's possible what that is. Bonus! They have Street Fighter. This is a 30-year-old arcade. There is no way they had one Street Fighter cabinet you maybe right. In the in the 90s when that thing was huge, there would have been a row of Street Fighter 2 cabinets.
1: What happens if you get Street Fighter 2?
0: Well, I mean, it is Street Fighter 2. It's not yeah. Street Fighter well,
1: 1. Well, okay, what happens if you get Street Fighter 2 Alpha? <laughs> so, so I just, you know, I mean, this is into pointless not actually a plot hole territory, but just like since you've gone there,
0: you are asking questions about the fundamental realities of this world that this movie relies on working in a way that you won't question.
1: And as we discussed before, I'm only asking them because it failed to distract me from them. This is more interesting than taking the movie at face value, and that's the movie's fault.
0: This wants to visualize games and toys as things that can demand your attention, have agency, be bad, be wicked. And in the case of Turbo, the fact that he was... The fact that he was wanting attention is seen as a sin. Like, they frame it as he didn't want to deal with not getting attention, so he attacked Outrun.
1: It was definitely Outrun. It was fucking Outrun. (laughs) I wish it had actually been Outrun. That would have been kind of great. I suppose it might be Daytona as well.
0: No, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter fighting about that. But the point is, this comes back to Toy Story, with that right way to play. You will purchase the products in a particular order and you will consume them, and there will be a point where you stop consuming them because we need you to get the new thing.
1: Oh, but don't worry. He could have just gone to the hub world and he would have been fine.
0: He would you know, have been homeless. Like Cubit. Yeah.
1: Sitting there being a fucking panhandler.
0: Yeah. Because,
1: you know, that's better than trying to survive in your own right.
0: Yeah, you, you know what's. You know what's really good for dealing with a homeless problem? Giving them homes. Just a thought. I've heard that this goes well. It is it is a festival of embarrassing failures.
1: Ooh, does how you
0: really feel. This movie is set about a game that came out one year before I was born. Like, this movie should be a slice through the culture that defines my life. And it feels instead like grotesque puppetry of a beloved's corpse
1: it's more like one of those weird nexies where they try and cram multiple universes together it's just in this case it's multiple times yeah like somehow it's the the dizzying heights of the 80s arcade but also a game like sugar rush exists yeah and everyone's just chill with this
0: and that in turn makes it not about me and my childhood and instead makes this about My dad's low-key steering at my childhood, which isn't quite fair because my dad loves video games, but he loves violent video games like Doom!
1: (laughs) Oh, when did that happen? (laughs)
0: 1992.
1: Very violent.
0: Oh, (laughs) a Mormon made a video game about shooting demons in the face. (laughs) Anyway, I think I have run out of layers of grand thesis.
1: (laughs) We've got 3D rendered fucking Pac-Man ghosts, <laughs> Street Fighter 2, and modern Sonic with the green eyes and the long legs and shit. Ghosts and goblins, and Plants vs Zombies. And I think one of those villain bosses is from like Gargoyles Quest or some shit. Yeah. Oh, the the Satan one. He's for yeah no. Which game is he from? I
0: can't remember. It's a Nest thing.
1: It's definitely a reference to a specific Nest game, though, where they did mangle the Satan name to be like, oh, no, no, not, not that Satan.
0: Hey, Fox, I can feel the walls closing in on this grand thesis. You're Shall right, we flee right. to whatever land?
1: Definitely time for whatever land.
0: So my first note is, Zangief's not a bad guy, and it kind of went downhill from there.
1: <laughs> Sonic is in this arcade nexus. Sonic has never been in an arcade game, has he? Well, that's not true. Sonic has been in a few arcade games. Well, he's been in a lot of arcade games, most of which are extremely exclusive to Sega's own arcades in Japan. That's right. But if he's here, he's got to be from, like, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog on import, or, like, a Sonic the Fighter's machine or some shit.
0: Except, no, he doesn't, because he's the modern design. He's modern
1: Sonic, yeah, with the green eyes and the long legs and stuff. So, like, a Sonic Generations cabinet? Such a thing does not exist. It's a home. Co- He's a home console character.
0: Well, you see, these are all very big home consoles, according to fucking Ralph.
1: <laughs> I don't. It's once again, it's not a meaningful plot hole or anything. It's just like a, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh huh, uh huh. Before you try and puppet the the forms of my beloved to gain my favor for your shitty movie, maybe you should have read their backstories.
0: If you read the law,
1: <laughs> also you'd be so much more fucking hardcore if you put in like old school. Eggman. Yeah. Or fucking Honey the Cat or some shit. All
0: candies are bastards.
1: All candies are bastards. My god, the cops in this (laughs) movie. Fucking Um, I will absolutely pay the track design inside the abandoned mountain thing with the, like, I mean, obviously, that's not An area that would be locked out of the code because that would be the sickest track in the game. Yeah. Especially with the exploding Diet Coke, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: there's no way they dummy that out, man. No,
1: that shit is in there for sure. But that did actually look like a legit fun racing game. Again, I don't know if they just made this game to tie in with the movie, but they sure as shit should have. Mm hmm.
0: The Oreo joke. Oreo. Yeah. Oreo. That was a genuinely good joke.
1: Even if it was completely shameless brand placement
0: and referencing another movie that's a hundred years old
1: and also owned by disney at this point i believe
0: yeah just just saying continuing the the culture tube
1: yep oh yeah definitely um i don't know what a devil dog is but i assume it's some kind of hellish american confection
0: it's a I think like a bit like a, a bit like an éclair, uh-huh. except instead of being dipped in chocolate, the whole thing is made out of devil fool's cake.
1: What's De- devil fool's cake?
0: Uh you know you know about angel cake, and it's I've type... heard of
1: angel's food cake. I think
0: yeah, devil's fool is same thing, but it's dark and it's heavy. Hmm, questionable. It's a bit like a mud cake, and then you fill the middle with with frosting or cream or whatever. Oh,
1: to be clear, it's just the name that I was.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, you... Shock horror. American recipes are horrifying. And a little dash of racism to sweeten it. I don't know.
1: So it's like an eclair where the pastry is chocolate. Yeah. And the insides is cream.
0: It's, it's like an eclair where making shoe pastry is hard, so instead we've just made cake. <sighs> oh, that sounds horrid. Yeah. And they, and they don't inject it. They slice it in half and they fill the middle. It's just, it's it's a, sm- it's a small cake. It's just a cake in the shape of an eclair.
1: Oh, it's named after a hot dog, because it basically would be hot dog shaped at that point. Yeah. Oh. Mmm. There's a few other named candy items that showed up in this too, but I, uh, I, I dare not ask about some of them. They sound truly upsetting.
0: In the various bits of background graffiti, there were bits of text that read Aerith Lives, mm. Shenlong Was Here, All right, fine. <laughs> and No Campers. That's pretty good. Yeah, okay we we tagged no campers in quake world don't get me wrong that's like common gaming parlance you don't have any special points with me you would have you would have gotten something if you'd had something make the railgun reload sound or something like that but no you,
1: you well they did use a lot of other meaningful sound bites yeah disappointing they didn't get some eggman dialogue in there because his recent voice actors have been of the, like, delighted large ham kind of types, and they could have had some real fun with that.
0: Within the last ten years. Uh.
1: Yeah, no, he's been pretty... De- he's been better than the hero cast since they went 3D, to be honest. This movie makes me really angry at how willing Vanellope is to forgive people. Yeah. I get it. She's, She's way really, too nice. She is a very kind person. Huh. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> 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 and that's that's good that's fine that's an admirable trait but the fact that her horrible uh racer uh competitors can just go oh we didn't know you were a princess (laughs) Yeah. yeah and and like suddenly she's cool with that like she makes a joke about murdering them but that is not good enough
0: the social is predicated on its exclusions Once she is a princess, she is no longer the excluded.
1: Yeah. No, their actions make sense. Mm. But (laughs) her... Like, if if people were horrible to me throughout my entire childhood... Stop me when this gets too real. Yeah. (laughs) But when people were horrible to me throughout their childhood, if they had suddenly gone, oh, we didn't realize you were important... Yeah. I guess you should forgive us all now, please. I'd be like, are you fucking high? Same thing with Ralph. Ralph does virtually unforgivable thing to her. Uh, He thinks he was doing it for her own good, but that doesn't change that it was monstrous and violent and not okay. And the fact that she is already okay with him as soon as he shows up to save her is some bullshit. Mm -hmm. I get it. You didn't have time for her to still be angry at him, but this just makes her seem like somebody who is incapable of expecting amends. From the people who have wronged her. And I'm not okay with that.
0: It does remind me of Brother Bear. With the... Alright, so I'm a shapeshifter. And I murdered your mother. Like, it all gets bundled up and dealt with in a really quick way. It's not quite appropriate.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... It's not a good choice. And it leaves the characters seeming extremely emotionally rushed. I don't know. Maybe she's just programmed not to be able to be mad at anyone. Yeah, That would be extremely creepy
0: well i mean turbo indicates that programmed to is a nebulous meaning
1: yeah if anything he's sort of the one who who drives home the intended message of the bit. like he's the only one who truly sort of transcends the role he was intended to have and he's unambiguously villainous and wrong for doing so so hmm well i guess the the mantra of the villain group is not that you should be able to transcend what you're intended for it's that you should be accepting of what you're intended for ah man this movie's morals are
0: creepy you were created to be bad and that's good fuck off how about things like we play as an actor or a gear
1: and even Penelope is not okay in the end because it's fine for her to be how she is. She's okay in the end, because it turns out she was intended to be here all along. She was part of the plan.
0: Yeah, and also grotesquely overpowered. She's is totally <laughs> so I kind of like the fact that she works on speedrunner tech to cut through a wall.
1: I like how he's like, and the gamers all loved her. Yeah, of course they loved her. She snapped.
0: Yeah, she's adorable and broken.
1: It'd be like this interland lore where it's like, oh, check out if Penelope's unlocked on your cabinet. She is so totally broken
0: yeah it, it's it is funny the presumptions involved but again that comes back to that really boomer core idea of like well you know i i understand game culture roughly <laughs> you know it's in the boxes that are the game consoles that stand up in the building right yes. Like, yes. And and you pay a quarter and you get to play a game
1: and when you finish the game it resets <laughs> that's definitely how it works And when you unplug the game, it loses everything in its memory. (laughs) You know what? That is true for super old games like Fix-It Felix. Like, they lose the high score tables and stuff. Yeah. So that's just another bit of of boom shit. Yep. (laughs) Cool. Love it. All right. There is one kind of neat thing that I noticed about Turbo. Or at least I think I noticed... I, I only sort of started picking up on it halfway through, so I'd have to go back and watch the movie again to find out for sure. And I'm not watching this movie again. I'm done with this movie. But I think it was cute, if I'm correct, that we see Turbo invade the other game. And the reason that he's obviously a glitch is because he comes from a side-scrolling racer. And the game he invades is a, like, forced perspective 3D yeah. into the screen uh, racer. And... I liked that when he was in the karting game, it seemed like everybody else could drift, and he never did. Uh-huh. Which, if that's actually correct, I think is a quite a neat representation of him still being sort of tied to that old style of game. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, I just noticed a spot where, like, Vanellope overtakes him by doing an epic drift. And at that point, I started going, hang on a minute. He's just been going straight this whole time. And I know that karting games, you have to drift all the fucking time. That's all the speedruns ever do. <laughs> it's painful to watch. I mean, They're sideways more often than not.
0: Welcome to Wacky Wheels. That's
1: <laughs> really weird. I think it's why I was never good at karting games, because, I don't know, stupid me thought my car would probably go faster if it was pointed in the direction I wanted to go. Aha! Wild, I know. Uh, but yeah, if that's intentional, somebody gets kudos for that. If it's not, uh, I'm still as disappointed with you as I was before.
0: I I absolutely do not expect it to be good. Be probably
1: deliberate. not. It's probably just that they only animated drift when they needed to.
0: Speaking about only animating things when you need to, <laughs> this is a segue into the section about capitalism.
1: Whoop whoop.
0: I'm not comparing the numbers on this one to when need. <laughs>
1: Any numbers that this comes out with are going to make me sad. I just know it.
0: But it is comparing to Tangled. To Tangled,
1: yeah, okay. Um, up or down? So my main thought is...
0: Sorry, budget, up or down?
1: Budget, up or down, yeah. My main thought is, technologically, this is definitely cheaper than Tangled. No chance. But I'm, I can't discount the possibility that the licensing and all the stupid shit they did to make it, actually feature licensed characters might have made up some of that budget. Who did they license that was expensive? (laughs) That's true. Sonic is kind of a whore these days. (laughs) You'll be in a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, Sonic Sonic is practically appearing on toothbrushes at this point. And what? Capcom? Street Fighter 2 is above Capcom's dignity to to license? (laughs) It's not like they had fucking Pokemon. It's not like it's not like they broke out actual factual Mario.
1: Yeah, you're right. They went after low hanging fruit.
0: Everything in here is cheap as shit. And a lot of them are cheap in ways that make them worse. Plants versus zombies, for Christ's sake.
1: Oh, is that what the zombie was from?
0: Yeah. No, this isn't full of deep cuts. <laughs> this is full of cutting room bullshit no one cared about. Like they I didn't they could have had a fucking cacodemon in there, you know? They could have, yeah, I don't think Doom would have been too expensive to get in there. But that game was violent. (laughs) Anyway.
1: (laughs) Not like Call of Metal Warfare.
0: Anyway, so nonetheless, you are correct as far as the technology goes. And just a reminder Tangled released in 2011, and they finalized the hair tech in April 2011.
1: Tangled was a technological tour de force for the time.
0: So, yeah, this movie is the cheap one out between that was probably being worked on while yeah. Tangled was. Oh, I,
1: I wouldn't doubt it. And, and I imagine there are technological advances uh, for Tangled that were of no application to this film because it was just getting knocked out and slapped together. Yeah. like I, If you told me this cost half as much as Tangled, I wouldn't be super surprised.
0: You are really close. Hey! <laughs> uh,
1: 165 versus
0: 260.
1: Yep, I'll take it.
0: yeah, this is pretty close to half the price of Tangled.
1: feels like a DreamWorks movie. Looks like a DreamWorks movie.
0: And and as far as the box office take, what do you think?
1: Ah, disappointingly good. Yes. This was well received at the time. I remember people being like kind of (sighs) sharp intake of breath at first, but then everyone was like, oh, no, it's cool. It's really funny. We saw the Villains Anonymous scene and now we're totally on board for it. And
0: that's literally all we watched.
1: (laughs) Well, that's literally the best part of it, probably.
0: It, it's it's Zangief's voice actor carrying it. That's it. That's it. It is just that one guy doing a voice acting job that he's doing a great job of that is also not related to the character he's voicing at fucking all.
1: Bowser! That's the, like, actual fucking Mario character who's in this. Bowser is in the villains and on scene. He doesn't talk, which is yeah. probably part of the licensing deal. <laughs> he only gets to make fireball noise.
0: Yeah. Nonetheless... The take for this movie, up or down, from Tangled. Okay.
1: Mm. See, Tangled did well.
0: Tangled did gangbusters. Tangled made half a billion dollars. This and more. such
1: populist crap. I'm afraid it also did well.
0: Did it do better? Uh, or did it do worse?
1: I'm, I'm going with the faith in the universe answer and saying worse.
0: Okay, it did do worse. And the thing is, I can say this made almost half a billion dollars. And I can say Tangled made almost half a billion dollars. But the thing is, the delta between them is 120 million.
1: That's still not less enough. Like, the difference in quality is Mm -hmm. so much wider than that.
0: Now, what I would point out is that Tangled is considered in merchandising to be a multi-billion dollar franchise, whereas (laughs) this was considered sequelable because it was an attempt to vitalize the brand.
1: So, you know... (laughs) Yes, and I imagine the sequel is regarded uh, quite well in merchandising because, of course, they gave themselves the opening to merchandise the princess parodies.
0: We'll burn that bridge down when we get to it. Yeah. However, as far as the critical reception goes, I didn't look any up because anyone who praised this movie is wrong. (laughs) Seriously. You know
1: what? I'm okay with that. I heard nothing but praise for it, but it was all the same.
0: Movie Bob liked it, and I generally like Movie Bob's takes on movies. Movie Bob likes Scott Pilk. Yeah, that's the thing. Blind spot for anything that's going to play a chip tune at him.
1: (laughs) And I, I mean, I understand that. I saw Sonic Mania and I lost my shit.
0: Yeah. But. You're a mark, I know. This ain't it. I mean, unlike me, pure, untainted by (laughs) media.
1: Yep. You've never bought a Transformers
0: DVD. Yeah. It's not like I have. But the thing is, it's that mangled cult childhood. Like, I don't go, oh, wow, I could get an original copy of Camp Kukuwaka Woods. I wonder if this left in the racist stereotype.
1: Well, I would guess based on the name, yes.
0: Yes. But which one? <laughs> it might
1: be entirely made up of racist stereotype.
0: The, uh, the overall impact of this movie embarrasses me. I am revolted by what it has to say about games. And as with many of these attempts to merchandise my childhood at me, I find the people doing it vulgarians.
1: Yeah, and fix the Felix Kill. Fuck off. Yep, yeah, fuck right off. Hey, they have to go back to their games after Oh, that's weird. Where do their kids go? Oh, no kids. <laughs> what kind of horrible thing would that turn out as?
0: Cubit, that's where he came from.
1: Cubit uh, is old enough to be everyone's grandpa.
0: Cubit is 40?
1: <laughs> In video game terms. That's venerable. <laughs> He's
0: ten years older than Felix.
1: <laughs> like like I said.
0: <laughs> in video game he is, that's forever. Anyway. So letting
1: Cubit be on the streets is elder abuse.
0: Oh god, yeah. Yeah. And then they and then they merchandise him and make him work, as opposed to let him retire in a nice home, because these people are terrible.
1: Anyway. Uh
0: what the fact that this whole movie is more i dream of labor bullshit
1: yeah the fact that they save their uh, their abandoned uh, existentially threatened trapped life forms by giving them new jobs uh huh don't stop working you might die
0: hanging around dynamite in a world where they don't get to respawn
1: oh no the impl- ah, i forgot about that
0: You're it's just gonna- a bonus they yikes <laughs>
1: They badly need to exist in a pacifist game only. They should just hang out in Tapper forever. Farmville. No one dies in Tapper. <laughs> or like they had a DDR game. Go hang out in the DDR game. They could have said, they're going to a Farmville upstate. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Farmville's not an arcade game, though. Neither no, is anything on a game console. Anyway... Hey, Fox, what's the next movie? What is next? Uh, It's gotta be Frozen time, right? All the money! It's gotta be time for the big one. All the money. Boy, oh boy, you thought princesses were back with Rapunzel? Buckle in, Chuckle Fox.